We're We the People. And we're recording from the occupied territory of the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi people. Or what you probably know to be Chicago. And the Chumash, Keech, and Tatavian people. Or Los Angeles. Guess what? We're all on stolen land. Take a second to learn whose land you occupy. And take meaningful, direct action to decolonize and restore these lands to their rightful stewards. Action items and resources can be found in the link tree on our Instagram, at We The People Present. Welcome yeah. to We The People. I'm Lionel. I'm Asia. I'm Tina. I'm Dana. Hey, we did it. <laughs> we nailed it. Asia, I love this. Asia is modeling. So if everyone can close their eyes that's listening, mm. She's imagine a, model. a white fitted knitted sweater trimmed in black horizontal stripes. She looks like a zebra. Sitting in a chair. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. First of all, this is a large boys, like, cold weather undershirt that I got at a thrift store. <laughs> and you're wearing it swimmingly. Yeah. Swimming oh and well. Swimming and wellness. <laughs> Wealth and wellness by Whole30. Uh, by um, Whole30. Bye. I was going to say, my takeaways from Whole30 were that I was incredibly bloated for most of it. I had a lot of memory fog, and I honestly um, had a lot of, I don't know, just like a lot of digestive issues. But I will say I've been sleeping for eight to nine hours since about day 12, and I haven't slept that long since easily May. Dang. Wow. Okay, that might be worth it. I like sleep. Um, speaking of May, our round robin this week. It's not really speaking of May. Get up in May. We wanted to quickly say what the last movie we saw in movie theaters was. I had asked Josh because I could not remember. The last I could movie never we saw forget. was <laughs> Invisible Man. Oh. And was it good? Yeah. It was great. Okay. I don't love Elizabeth Moss, but I really like the movie. Yeah. Okay. That was a movie, I do this a lot with movies that I like want to know what happens, but I know I'll never watch. Um, I looked up the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked up the plot on Wikipedia, and it sounded very interesting. But it's too scary. Too scary? Yeah, I just like, because I, I live alone, and like, I don't mind a thriller, but I'm not going to watch one in my apartment by myself, which yeah. is how I spend all my time now. Same. Same as I don't want to tempt nightmares, and my yeah. brain is a dickhead, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting about Invisible, I typically, I can't do scary movies, I hate them. I, I walk into a room and Josh is there and I'll scream. <laughs> I did that this morning. <laughs> I walked in the bathroom and I didn't know he was in there. I was like, ah! <laughs> and then he walked, when he got done in the bathroom and walked out, I screamed again. And I was like, oh my God, another person in this house? What? Um, I'm easily scared. Anyway, but for Invisible Man, 
even though the the plot of a lot of scary movies and like thriller movies isn't realistic like i was like well i mean there's not gonna actually be an invisible man so i think it can handle this one the logic wasn't sound but i could handle that one (laughs) dana yep (laughs) tina and i uh saw cats (laughs) and it was our last i think it was um, yeah our last one of our last movies at least in the theater Mm -hmm. um i got drunk and i left to pee and then i came to the bar to get more drunk and um (laughs) they said you can't bring this into the theater and i said oh no <laughs> so I, so you I said, sat watch there me, and then you and chucked <laughs> it, and then walked it no, with it inside there, your belly. I said, I sat there at the bar drinking it, and then was talking to the bartender, and in true Dana fashion, just kind of got lost in in conversation with people. Ah, oh, conversation. Dana was gone for like a full half hour <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of cats. <laughs> and then I came back in and it was basically the credits. But like she you came back in and you were like, Tina, what did I miss? And I was like, basically nothing has happened since you left in this movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But holes. But holes. Yeah. Release the butthole cut. Release the buttholes. Release Give me the that butthole. Cut. Truly, I have watched it four times since we saw it in theaters, Dana. (laughs) I like can't stop. I can't stop watching Cats with people, and I've never watched it sober. So, at least I'm doing something. You can't. You can't. Every time I think about Cats, though, the thing that gets me is I don't understand how you put a cat skin on a cat, like. The cats wearing the fur coats really mm-hmm. took me out. Like, yeah. that's like me showing up in human skin. Yeah. Like, yeah, these cats had real hands. It was just like. I just think I didn't watch it because I couldn't and I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but I certainly wasn't going to pay money to see it. But um, I think what weirds me out is, and maybe we've talked about this before, that like the whole concept of cats is a suspension of disbelief in the play mm-hmm. and like the costumes and like how they create cats on stage fully knowing that they're humans and then you take a movie and you try to make them actually look like cats and it's like it just felt like a disaster yeah. well it's like the it most was. inherently theatrical concept of all fucking time. Of all time and like the key to the show on stage which i'm also not a huge fan of no. is audience no. participation and interaction and like yeah. you don't have that with a movie it's the tom hooper thing of like i gotta make this gritty and realistic as opposed to like honoring the fact that it's a musical and they're already singing yeah. So it doesn't have to be realistic. I no, know. there's I nothing the about it that's movies. supposed to be realistic. Yeah. I mean, aside I, from the emotions, but like. I used to joke that like the realistic version of Cats would be an hour of me on stage, just like knocking things off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Uh, <laughs> it would just be. Pooping like... in a box and then running as fast <laughs> as you can. Yeah. And you'd wait until 3 a.m. and then I would run. I'd dart across the stage. <laughs> I would I would watch that play. I want to see that play. I kind of want to make it now, you know? I'm down. That could really easily be a Zoom play. You know, as much oh, as I yeah. hate Zoom plays, but that would be a very successful Zoom play. Um, Lionel, what was the last movie that you saw? Us. Oh. I saw it twice in the movie theater. That was a good, Hell that was yeah. good movie. That's a good last so movie good. to see in theaters. It was real, really good. Um, I know this isn't the last movie we saw in a theater, but I 
was just want to say last night I watched the documentary on Britney Spears. <gasps> How was it? I um, did too. Um, you did too? Yeah. It's amazing. It yeah. I feel so awful for her. Me too. I didn't realize how much I needed to understand her. Like, I haven't worked. Like, Dark my Britney stuff. Today. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I, I put this in perspective. Her and Beyonce are about the same age. Beyonce is worth $400 million. Britney Spears is worth $59 million. Britney Spears is one of the most iconic celebrities of our generation mm-hmm. right people made so much money off of her beyonce has made so much money for herself um and you just watch a dad who took his child made money off of it and continues to make money off of her mm-hmm. she just got used by the industry it's really great and heartbreaking all at one yeah i can't wait to watch it and they they made it seem the way that like society we'll we'll move on because we can't spend so much time in this but the way the society dealt with mental health um specifically with her like shaving her head there was like a a tweet that was like the more the older that i get the more i i am inclined to just walk into a a hair like a a a pear cuttery and just fucking shave my head because some days it's like it's just like that like it's like some days you're just at the, the and they made it seem like What's wrong with Britney? Correct. Mm-hmm. And it was like... Well, because she did something with her body that wasn't for our consumption. Yeah! She was, was sick of it. It was out of our consumption in a way. Like, it was mm-hmm. us being so consumed with her that she, like, went crazy. Like, we we drove her crazy and then, like, um, it was worth more money to watch her fall apart than it mm-hmm. was to put her back together. But it was also iconic. It was like... Fuck you! I don't want to be your symbol for sexuality anymore. I'm yeah. gonna cut off my hair and not even blink twice about it. And it was like, fuck yeah! Like it was almost like a moment of, like, for me now looking looking back at it, it's a moment of strength. Like I yes. think it's a moment of strength of of you know separating what she may have been dealing with, like in terms of mental health. It was it was a moment of like, fuck you, like fuck you. Mm. And, like, super small, one thing, I don't want to give it away, but one thing I think was great is people, how just, like, this might be great to talk about for, like, human connection and, like, really communicate with people. But, like, she was framed as being crazy. But, really, the day that she fucking went wild with that umbrella was the day that she tried to go see her kids and Kevin would not let her see it. And she had just lost custody. And she was in the car at a gas station with her cousin and all of these reporters. She always wants reporters to leave her. Reporters stormed the car. They were like, Brittany, let us ask you a question. They wouldn't leave her alone. On the day that she was like, get out. And so she just was angry and like hit his car. And like, I'm like, you know what? If I got my kids ripped away from me and the husband wouldn't let me see them and I had 20 cameras going off, I would be angry too. Easily. Hit your car to get the fuck away from me too. Yeah. You're lucky it's your car and not you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was really interesting, like, how they framed and flipped that on her. Um, With that said. Quickly. Oh, well, before we jump back, yes. before we jump into today's topic, did we want to spend any more time talking about us? The last movie you saw in theaters? We kind of, like, glossed over <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Asia, for breaking up. <laughs> us was I saw Us twice because I think that there were just so many hidden messages in the movie. That movie was yeah. so brilliant when yeah. how it was depicted like the overall arcing story that america is a horror story is also why this was a great horror movie mm. but 
it just had so many levels. Like, um, I, I mean, I could break it down for weeks. Even like rewatching how like Lupita chose to walk like a roach. Like oh they God. each had animals that they kind of mimicked, and yeah. so her her uh, tether was based off of a roach, which is one of the longest lasting. Um, things to survive everything in the world. They'll, so, yeah, they'll survive forever. They're yeah. indestructible, essentially, unless you, like, I didn't know that step on reason. them or poison them. Ugh, I, I remember seeing that, and, like, I was thinking about that movie nonstop for weeks. I, like, mm-hmm. kept going down internet rabbit holes of, like, but what does this mean? And, like, the... Like, I, I yeah. couldn't stop reading stuff about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I loved, I loved it. It was bizarre with that movie because I normally am scared. But there are movies like thrillers that are, are really cerebral mm-hmm. that kind of supersede the, for me personally, supersede, like, the scary visceral stuff, even though it was definitely scary. But this kind of walked the line between the two that it didn't incite so much fear that I couldn't miss the message of it. It was the play on scary movie, though. Like, what if scary was the truth of it versus the scary being the horror? Like, mm-hmm. the, yes. It's mm. like... Yeah. And, like, who is the it. actual villain, too? Like, who is the the big scary person in it? The person dealing with trauma or the person who, like, has come out of it. Mm-hmm. Oof. Ugh. It was bomb. Yeah, we, um, so we, I wanted to, I, I came up with this idea for movies because, um, I, I miss movies. Well, it's, it's an experience that I really, really miss. I miss seeing movies in the theater, laughing and, and crying and reacting with people surrounding me. So then I just thought, well, um, what are the other things that we can talk about that are pros and cons with the human experience right now and what we're mm. going through? Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly, movies are something that I deeply, deeply miss. Um, yeah. So that sent me, like, thinking about what are the other things that I miss? What are the things that are, I guess we can talk about that first. <laughs> what are the things that we desperately miss? I actually think this is a great segue into our conversation today on human connection because there's something about being in a movie theater with other humans, experiencing something that has been created for us to visually take in that I think we are missing right now in the world. Like there, that is a form of human connection and sharing that we don't have. Like I know every Tyler Perry movie that I see or like any movie I'm be re- like when I go to a movie and it's black antagonist and a black protagonist and black movie, it's not uncommon for you to hear like, I know that's, I know, don't do it. Like I love <laughs> that feeling at a movie theater. If I know it's a black movie where the people are in it are black, I'm not surprised when I hear sound. And, like, that is an interesting experience at a movie theater that I don't expect to see if I see, like, a Katherine Heigl movie where it's, like, her and... Katherine Heigl! I always thought like 27 Dresses <laughs> after the Britney Spears doc. I know, what a name to pull from. But, like, somehow that was the perfect example that you could oh. have given. I mean, you're right. No one was like, girl, take that dress off. Ever. No one said that. Everyone was like, oh, how pretty. Look at all those dresses. Wow, that's But in weird. their head. In their heads. Mm, 27 dresses. Well, and I think, like, uh, seeing, mo- like, the connection, like, I saw different movies with different groups of people. Like, mm. you know, I, and being able to experience that with someone 
else in real time where you have to put your phone away. Well, you don't have to, but everyone I know puts their phone away and doesn't take it out until the movie's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do take it out, I tell them to put it away. Uh, I still I'm that, people too. I'm yep, that I mom. Do too. I'm like, we're in a movie theater. Put your phone away. Put your phone away. That's so rude. But, and also on top of that, the connection to the movie itself, because at home, there's a rare time that I don't look at my phone during a movie or a TV show when I'm at home because it's like I'm in my house. It doesn't matter. So taking it's taken away the experience of going and secluding yourself away from the rest of the world to have this experience with other people, people you know, people you don't know. So mm-hmm. that's a great point, Lionel. I miss being. So Dana sent us uh, or recommended to us in our like text thread a while ago to watch on Hulu um, in and of itself, which is a recording of uh, a theater production that happened in New York, um, a one person show. Um, and I don't want to say too much about it because y'all should just like everyone watch it. It's really great. Um, cathartic, just like really, I think it really speaks to the idea of human connection because it's so intimate. It's so much about the connections between people, but at the beginning of the, like it was recorded with the purpose of being released on streaming. So with the, you know, intent of having people watch it in their homes, but there's still an announcement at the beginning to turn off your phone and to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. silence any devices, Mm -hmm. which is an inherently, like, theatrical thing, a thing that you hear in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, the idea is, like, you don't want to disturb other people, but the fact that it was still included, I was like, oh, and I turned off my phone, and I watched this whole thing without looking at my phone, and it was, it was just really, uh, I feel like that is something that I want to move forward with, is, like, treating you know, the consumption of art or artistic experiences with the same reverence in my own home as I do, you know, with other people. Um, Because it's like, not just having respect for other people's experience of the piece, but also having respect for my own experience of the piece. Yeah. Um, So I, I I don't know, that that was just something that I like learned about myself that I uh, turn off your phone when you watch something if you can. It's really it was it was really great. I really like was glad that I did that yeah, yeah. Help your own attention span and ability to absorb information yeah nuance like the nuance you just miss so much you miss nuances you miss there there's so much that you yeah you miss if you are staring at something else there's a meme i saw that was like hmm what movie am i gonna what soundtrack am i gonna put on while i text hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so true movies yeah well, I think this is a re- so y'all are making me think about a point I was having the other day, thinking about human connection and social distance and everything that's happening and is it helping us? I have realized I thought I was just an asshole slightly, <laughs> which could <laughs> be possible. I know that wasn't funny. Yeah, I'm like the king of turns. I feel like I just I pull the rugs out of myself. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? Funny because you're not an asshole. No, yeah, and not at all. So, thank you so much. Well, because I am, let me read y'all the exact numbers. This is live in the moment. I currently have 16,377 emails, not read, and 214 text messages unopened, and 42 42 voicemails. Why oh this is making me physically oh, ill? Oh my, my god! Yeah, my whole body up. just tense. Yeah, I'm gonna throw up. I, I believe in social and mental health. I talked to my therapist about this. But here's the deal. Here's the skinny. I do look at my messages like as best I can when people message me. Mm. But then I was like, why don't I like do messages and like Instagram? I have like 30 missed messages, and I think I have gained a rebellion to social media 
in response to human connection. What do I mean by that? Having a roommate, if my roommate and I are talking, I'm not going to text. I'm not going to break up our conversation in text. Mm -hmm. If I'm on the phone or I'm FaceTiming someone, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing or like think about the message. And if I'm exhausted, I'm not going to respond to these messages. Unless, I mean, I can kind of scan and see if it's like, hey, answer this. But in general... I'm, I just feel rebellious to, like, being subject to this technology instrument. And what I feel like I've learned through right now is we need less human connection. We need less – we need quality, not quantity, when it comes to human connection. Yeah. And I'm finding myself diving into the depth of connecting with people versus the need to connect so much so often and so many different strings that actually is so taxing and i feel like i've always done that so like yes i should respond to these messages but i feel like the reason why i'm not is because something internally in me is rebelling to feeling beholden to this fake human connection mm. that i'm i'm i've been forced to create in my world because of social media before the pandemic because of technology i mean technology has made it possible for people to contact you in 20 different ways all at the same time yeah like i mean that's a great point line i keep my phone on silent and i have for years because i'm like i don't want my phone to tell me when to check it i mean i check Mm -hmm. it enough as it is but like that's i miss calls i miss texts i mean i i don't have i'm i'm like a inbox zero kind of kid i don't i don't have very many same anything or i have anxiety (laughs) same but um but that's one of the reasons that i turn i keep my phone on silent because i like i if i want to put my phone into the room i don't want anything i don't want to be the kind of person that like my phone goes off and i'm like oh i gotta look at it who is it what is it what did they say is it a thing is it a work is it a friend is it a what like and that i think that's a really good point about the quality of human interaction or human connection yeah yeah. I was just watching um High Fidelity the series last night and yeah, and there's an episode where it's like uh she's Zoe uh Kravitz's character ends up at um like a social media influencer party and everyone's on their phone the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and yeah. it like gave me anxiety just to look at it. Like that's not interaction, that's not connection. Y'all are just at a party taking pictures for social proof that you're like a good person who people should follow and buy stuff from yeah and that's so so far from where we came where we originated in like only knowing a small circle of people that were immediately available to us because they lived in the same place or were a part of your family and now we have access to millions of people at any given moment yeah well I think too like because we I mean our generation generally is like conditioned to have access to so many Mm -hmm. things at once and like feel I mean I don't know about y'all but sometimes I just like feel a responsibility to like be connected to people and things because Mm -hmm. I can and not Mm -hmm. for any other reason Mm -hmm. which is like incredibly exhausting especially for me because I'm like so introverted like being around people is exhausting to me already and like you know carrying on conversations just for the you know for the hell of it is like a hard thing for me to do as a person but I found that Because I, you know, I am alone so much of the time, which, like, for me works just fine. For me, it's actually, like, kind of a great thing. Like, the I I have to be so much more intentional about how I engage with people in general, but Mm -hmm. specifically via technology and social media, because that's the only way I have to communicate with people now. So, like, I, I have, I mean, through, like, this whole 
you know, COVID nightmare and the, the isolation of that, I feel like I have my ability to connect with people in a meaningful way and not just in like a for shits and giggles way Mm -hmm. via, you know, the channels that we have is growing so much. And I am really interested in how people are stepping up to use what we have available to us now to like continue the kinds of conversations we had been having before, you know, about like communal experiences of art, you know, it's hard to make them great. Um, but the ways people are like innovating to like, you know, use what we've got to try and replicate that experience of like something that people can share even when they're not in the same place. Mm. Yeah. I feel like the biggest lesson that I had learned uh, from all of this is that social media interaction does not even come close to human interaction and our efforts to make it. So never, we'll, we'll just never live up to what it is to to actually interact with human beings and be in the same room with them. And it's strengthening echo chambers. It's strengthening, you're, you're like rarely getting another side of something. So it's also strengthening your confirmation biases of like what you think and it's, 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 it's actually adding to the divide that we have. So it, it overall is just like, for me, human connection is suffering during yeah. all of this. Because I think it's also putting, it's putting like a measurement on quality of people is what I don't like. Like it's putting measurement on what accountability looks like, or it's putting measurement on like what um, integrity looks like, in my opinion, right? It's like- What, what do you mean? Mm, the idea of how- how readily available somebody is with social media. Like I text you, you didn't text me back. Or like we have text conversations all the time. You're such an accountable friend or like Uh. anytime I need you right now, you show up, you have so much integrity, but it's, it's social media has given us like a quick fix with human connection. And like specifically to the pandemic, it's like, there's such a quick fix. Like I can instantly get it. I can instantly reach you. But it's, it's what the pandemic has done, in my opinion, is like slowed things down and like you call someone on the phone and like think about the people that you actually talk to on the phone and like why you can talk to them, but maybe you can only text other people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just put like a really clear lens on like what kind of space and what kind of people I need to actually fill up my jar versus like how many people it's just like a, it's like it's instant and it's quick and it's it's like surface level or not surface it's not saying you don't need the friend but it's i don't know i guess i'm finding that there is a really interesting need of the people that i can pick up the phone and talk to yeah it's mm-hmm. it's interesting when i see like a post of of somebody who has a bunch of followers and like if it's a surface level post if it's just like a nice photo or whatever all of the comments are just emojis for days and it's just like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's kind of just like, what what's the... In those moments, I'm always like, what's the point? Right. Do you know what I well, mean? What's the point? Yeah. Or even the idea that, oh, gosh, so many thoughts. I wrote down so many things. 
just now about everything y'all are saying. Well, because, like, for me, social media isn't about connection. It's, like, a checklist. It's, like, did I post about the right things and did mm-hmm. people see it? But then knowing that, like, that random self – the first selfie I've ever posted of myself got triple the amount of likes that any other post, especially ones about anything social justice related uh, or anti-racist related. Like, those get, like – a fraction so then what's the point of the social media anyway like if I'm wanting to use my quote-unquote platform of you know 1200 people that care what I think like if they're not actually going to care about the things that I care about but they're rather going to be more inclined to pay attention to a picture of myself that I post like what's the point of that um but kind of to to what you said what sparked for me Tina when you were talking about I feel like I should be interacting I feel the same way, but it's also like, but why do we feel that way? Like, because we have access to that. I have access to 3,000 restaurants at any given moment, but I don't feel the need to patron them all. I could steal stuff from any store just because I I could, but it doesn't mean that I should. I could talk to 100 people a day, but it doesn't mean I should. So, like, what is it about connecting with people on the many areas that you can connect with people online and in person and whatever? Like, how, how does that become a should for us? versus all the other things we could do, but know that that's not a requirement. I mean, I think to speak to, like, uh, something that, that uh, you know, a, a couple of y'all had said earlier about just, like, how much technology and social media has gotten in our way in general in communicating with each other, like, since before the pandemic, you know, how you're with people and you're on your phone. Like, I feel like that has carried over into the pandemic in kind of, like the opposite way where like now that that the technology and that mode of communicating with each other is all we have like I think I'm seeing people start to try and like engage on that level in like a more direct and more meaningful way not always successfully and I think like that's where some of that like cognitive dissonance comes in but when you brought up, like, you know, how, how, like, a selfie would get so much more likes than, like, a substantive post about something that you actually care about or something that actually reflects, like, what's on your mind, to, like, think about it in a, you know, I think, like, the cynical way of thinking about it is often correct, and it's, like, you know, people are willing to engage with something that doesn't challenge them, people are more willing to, like, throw a heart at something that, like, feels innocuous, but I also feel like people, at least for me... Like, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I am primarily interested in things that, like, have substance. But, like, if someone posts a photo of themselves, like, it's a hard time right now. And posting a photo of yourself is a vulnerable thing. And Mm -hmm. I want to throw a heart at that to show you that, like, I see that you're doing something that exposes you in some kind of a way. Even if it is you just, like, you know, putting up a mask. Um, So I feel like, I think we're definitely, as a species as a especially our generation still like navigating how we do that in a Mm. way that isn't superficial and like I said like it's not always successful but I think like there is there is a positive way that it can go and also to what you said earlier Dana about like human connection suffering I and, and like, you know, engaging online versus engaging in person, like it just never being as good or the same. I slightly disagree just because at least for me, like I said, I'm like an introvert and being around people is tough sometimes. 
there are things that I can say to people via text that, like, I would never say in person. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, there is a way for it to be yeah. something that that actually, like, co- adds depth. Tina has her capitalism. I have my social media platform that I fucking <laughs> hate. But social media actually throws... It's part of its algorithm to... Um, uh show a lot of like superficiality and um faces and and human photos as opposed to like factual evidence um a lot of the times things that are your face are the ones that will gain the most traction and be placed in in the algorithm to be seen the most just just for you to know yeah but also, Tina, it was a very vulnerable. I mean, I think I said on this podcast, yeah. I sat there looking at that picture and that caption for like 15 minutes being like, why do I want to post this? Also, you're beautiful. I liked looking at it. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Tina, I think you bring up a really dope point, And I think like that in itself, like I, I want to dive into that in the sense it is vulnerable to stand in front of somebody and to show up full and to show up in a way where you're like, what I'm saying might crack how I feel in the inside. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying you are going to see transparently. And wanting to either protect that for them or protect that for yourself. But I think that is what the gift of being present with people is that we are robbed of right now. Right? Like there's so much um, liquid courage when you drink. But like there's so much like courage behind the keyboard right now. Just across mm-hmm. the board for anybody. Mm-hmm. Because... I can say in my head what I think your response is going to be. Like, I can put on your response the energy that I need, and then I can counter that in the time that I need because it's not live. Mm. So I can, like, prep the message. I can shoot the message. I can – you know, and I think to what you're saying, there is something that is stripped of of vulnerability and transparency when I can't tell people something in person that almost is, like, I think playing with our psyche. Like, mm. we're spending so much time alone creating narratives for other people. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know mm-hmm. what this is going to look like on the other side when we're all out back with people. Because we have created characters. Truly. Yeah. Especially if you only text. Mm-hmm. Do you think mm-hmm. that it's needed It's needed for humans to have that type of vulnerability when speaking to another human? I think it's a must. I think it's a, like dating profile. I can't vulnerably show up if I'm if I'm not face to face with the person. Like, I, it's weird to me. Like, I I am creating your voice off of past men that I've dated or talked to, mm. or friendships with men to try to figure out what kind of man you are because I've never met you. So I need human connection in order to like know who you are. That's why I don't do apps. Is because I like cannot tell if I like a person off of that like I need to be in a room with a person to know if like and I'll know within two seconds I don't I don't know I guess in terms of pandemic and quarantine and not being able to see people I will say actually maybe this is jumping too far do we jump. want to talk about okay. no, do it. jump yeah go uh, for it. I will say it. that jump 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 <laughs> um that having to communicate with people digitally has actually made me connect with more people that I care about digitally. Like mm, the, yeah. like integrating Zoom and, you know, Marco Polo and FaceTime and everything into my life for the people that I care about has actually made me be like, oh, 
well, here's this person that I haven't talked to because we don't ever see each other in person. But now I, now that I am aware and used to using this software all the time to talk to people, it's like now that person is more accessible to me. So I will say in some ways, the pandemic in regards to human connection has actually helped me reconnect with people, um, which is something that I never would have thought it would do. Yeah, same. My life has slowed down. And because of that, because like normally I'm traveling and constantly moving. And, and because of this, my life has actually slowed down. So to the point where I would ha- I I am relearning like yeah exactly like connection but not in person which is wild. <laughs> I wonder if y'all challenge do y'all think that connections are stronger with other people f- for you two for the instance you just made because you're having more time to connect to yourself? Hmm. Like your life is slowing down so you can realize that? Yeah, I imagine. I'm sure that I, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure that like I, I've been able to um, dive deep into myself, and I think that is a part of it because you get to a point where you're you know talk you're, you're talking to yourself about <laughs> there's no one to talk to, so you talk to yourself about um, who who to. It's just you, Dana. <laughs> yeah, please don't speak for anyone else. I never talk to myself. I've never talked to myself. It's not my conversations with myself are awesome. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's part of it. I think reconnecting to yourself leads to reconnecting to the the people that you want to. <laughs> and then, I feel like uh, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was done. I, I feel like I've not slowed down for pandemic. I think my my workload shifted and got more. Like, I've been so busy the last, I mean seven months like so busy with work stuff that I actually feel like I have had less time to dive into myself and and what I've had the opposite opportunity I think which is not about I've learned a lot about myself based on that level of like interaction that I'm required to have with my work which is great so I'm learning I'm still learning a ton but it's not the same kind of introspection um so I don't think that that I don't really know how that, I, I, all I know is now I talk to m- more people than I did on a regular basis. And yeah. I, that has to be, I mean, that is a direct result. And then maybe it's because other people have had time to be more introspective and like decide that they want to reach out or, you know, now that I have so little time, I want to be intentional with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it's a, there's no telling, but I definitely know that my ability to connect with people digitally has grown during COVID times yeah mm-hmm. I feel like there's gonna be someone who's listening who's like well I haven't I haven't heard from you yeah, yeah I, that's my fear that. too that's my fear too like, it's not it's no offense to anybody <laughs> this is a hard time for everybody yeah right now, yeah yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a health level because I do you know I am a personal trainer I am I start a functional medicine course by the way y'all in less than a month that's don't be like a certified um, nutritionist and functional health coach, that, which is really dope. But I've been diving into because I, in full transparency, I've done like two just follow up doctor visits just to like you know like checkups, make sure we're all good. Um, I have high blood pressure. Mm. Yeah, like one of the times I went, I was like one forty, and like, um, it's been pretty high and in full transparency like I also feel like no one talks about that at our age there's this weird need to appear unfazed or being healthy means you're doing stuff right and to have anything unhealthy means you're doing something wrong in the sense where it's like you know what I mean there's so much stigma around it shame and stigma Mm -hmm. right but 
I have high blood pressure right now. But I mean, I I work out all week long and everything. But what I what I've dived into and discovered is that high blood pressure is the nervous system. Like blood cholesterol is food, but high blood pressure deals with your nervous system. And I have so many friends, myself included, dealing with anxiety mm-hmm. and like the state of sitting in so much anxiety and like thinking about human connection and doing it alone. And this idea that like your own thoughts, there's no one to even soundboard with in the way that is like present in the way that I think about how Tina was like meeting people on a date and like I like just having that rapport with someone are um yeah just that connection I think that something I think about with human connection is what we're losing spending so much time alone and how people who deal from anxiety how that's stemming into other parts of their actual health and 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 propagating that yeah I uh, the thing that I think about that leads me to think that that human connection is suffering is the 22nd hug and that's Mm. the thing that i i truly that and also like when you're in a a live theater audience your heart can sync up with the audience it's a rare thing that doesn't very doesn't happen very often but it happens in theater that type of shit the 22nd hug is like something that releases a um some sort of hormone within you that makes you feel better it's actually scientifically proven, um, not sexual, just <laughs> just a connection that you can get from somebody else just from having an, a long hug with them. It's that type of stuff that I think helps that we just don't, like helps with your anxiety, or helps with like a whole slew of shit that, that uh, that's what that makes me think of, Lionel, is, is being in isolation and those types of things that you normally can get, you're not getting. Like if somebody held my hand for 30 seconds right now, I'd have an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of connection I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, just, just one finger touching my shoulder. Or... You don't actually, yeah, just reaching for me for 30 Eye seconds. Eye contact. <laughs> Meow. Seeing someone's teeth at the same time they can see my teeth. Knowing we're both vaccinated is a, a world at which I want to live in. It's, oh my it's, god! It's a man at which I need. So what about teeth? <laughs> the it's teeth, teeth in me see the teeth in you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's romance, baby. That's romance. I wonder yeah. what our kinks will be after all of this. Oh, oh my, my god. god! His cheeks. Did you see his, his cheeks? <laughs> I can see the Moderna in his cheeks. Like I can see the vaccine. It's like the wealth from the vaccine is now a turn on. Oh my god! 100%. It's like a baseball bruise, and you're like, "Oh shit, give me some of that." We're laughing, but I'm mm. not JKing. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! No. Well, yeah. I I mean, I texted y'all. I think a couple of days ago. Uh, just thinking the idea of hugging my friend any one of you or like any one of my close friends like the it it brought actual tears to my eyes mm. to think about hugging someone that I love that I haven't seen <laughs> just and I wonder you know I wonder if that is as actors you know we're used to being around people all the time in so a capacity touchy. wherein yeah like hugging and touching is not only you know I mean obviously consensually but 
not only the norm, but it's required of us for our job. And I wonder and emotional if, vulnerability. Yes, and I wonder if that is the same for other people that aren't artists or actors. I mean, I gotta say, like, the... You know, remember, like, what, I don't know if y'all ever did this, but, like, no. my friends in college and I would, like, you know, do the the hypothetical game of, like, how long do you think you can go without, like, uh, the touch of another human person? And, human like, I was touch. always, like, I don't know, two days? Um, but, like, now it's been months and I'm, like, still fine. You know, I- I'm learning about myself that, like, I think I'm more resilient than I give myself credit for. And I think, like, a lot of us are going to come out of this, hopefully with that sense of resilience and knowing what we actually need yeah. to, like, feel okay and, and to help deal with our anxieties. But also, like, that that is something that I didn't expect to learn about myself. Because I was like, yeah, we're, like, artists. I'm used to being around people all the time. I'm used to, like, hugging and, like, sharing space and, like, sharing emotions on stage. And, and not doing that is, like... Oh, and playing I, music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing to music be in a people. room of people playing music, like, oh. playing instruments together. Ah, oh, shit. This is yeah. going down. I, miss I will it. say, I feel like that is... For this me, is going down. <laughs> yeah, I'm yelling timber. Tina, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I feel like you nailed it for me just now. Like, if I had to... Like, that is it. I think the good, the bad, the ugly, like, social distance right now is like the cause and an effect of resiliency and humanity mm-hmm. it's really what i'm learning and mm-hmm. this idea that like humanity is not and human connection is not a landing point but it's just something to observe and like right now we're just observing it like how resilient we have to be in the ways in which we're doing that mm. as opposed to like humanity is this or human connection is this it's just like wow it's like a tree Yeah, because sometimes, like, I mean, at least now, like, you know, wearing a mask and keeping your distance from me is the number one way that you can show me that you care about me. Yeah. So, like, if I'm passing you on the street and you aren't wearing a mask or you're, you're, like, walking real close to me, like, that is technically a human connection, but that's, like, you know, I'm going to walk the fuck away. Like, right now, the one of the, you know, primary ways of having a connection with another human is to show them the respect of you keeping your distance, Mm -hmm. which... You know, I don't know what what that's going to translate to in the future, but I think that is something that, like, is missing a lot is, like, I can see that you need space right now, and that's how I'm going to connect with you is to give you that space. Yeah, boundaries. That's a huge uh, conversation that I've had with people, too, is is our uh, lack of ability to to express boundaries and how this has also been kind of a a conversation about that and how... um, because now it affects our physical health if you don't express your your boundaries. It's putting your physical health um, w- where previous to this it really is just about emotional boundaries and like telling somebody you need space and all of these things that I think we just don't express simply out of f- like fearing that we're going to chase our friendships away. And I think being forced to express physical boundaries now has made me think a lot about emotional boundaries and how um can I you know like I'm trying to live my life better about thinking about what other people's boundaries are and telling people what mine are because that's also a big thing too what do y'all see as as kind of how this time of isolation will impact us both for for bad and good in the long run in terms of how we connect I think you're right in terms of resiliency 
like truly i think we're gonna look back and think about our strengths here that's my first thought <laughs> i 100 percent noticed a respect for my roommate the minute so i spent the first nine months alone like and barely had a pot um and i think the minute that i moved in with her um my new roommate now in january i noticed a need to connect with her instantly and i just appreciated the space that she took up um because i was without it for so long that I realized how much I had taken for granted human connection. And that's not to say like I didn't respect people or I don't respect friends or like, but I instantly knew what I needed from another human being on a very kinetic, very energetic, very like tangible way of being free with another human. Like not even like we can go to the park. I'm talking like we can make dinner together. So jumping into that, I I think that's, that's something I definitely noticed isolation Mm -hmm. versus with a person. I might not be answering the question correctly, but what sparked for me is that like as someone who pre-COVID would find any excuse not to go be around people, like (laughs) I'm going to go see so many fucking people. I'm going to hug so many people. I'm going to be delighted to be in the presence of other people. Um, And, or even just to have the option of that, you know, like I'm pretty introverted. And I think I've said before, Josh, like it's astonishing to Josh how I could never speak to anyone for like a week and be completely fine. Like not leave the house, walk the dogs being the only time I go outside. Um, But I feel like the, the moments that I've had where I desperately miss being in a room of people that I love. Like, that's not taking that for granted going mm. forward. And I'm sure at some point I will. We all will because we'll go back to, like, normal. And then – but I'd like to think that I will try my best to hang on to the fact that, like, that wasn't my reality for so long. And that every moment with people is a gift. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, now it's on a podcast, so. Yeah, accountability. <laughs> I I think I I make I keep making this joke that I'll actually go out to a club. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. I'll go out. What are you I'll, talking I'll, about? I'll probably come home at like ten thirty, but I still think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like they're like the Roaring Twenties, right? Where they talked about what we're, we keep talking about how that's gonna like. I think that'll come back full force just to be able to relish in conversations like this in person. And um, all that type of shit. I mean, I think this has put a lot of priorities in perspective for a lot of people. You know, like, personally, like, what I actually need to be happy is much clearer because I, you know, like, it's so much harder to access all of it that, like, things you take for granted, some of them, like, you realize you can live without and some of them you realize you can't. Yeah. Mm. And now, like, like, knowing that moving forward, I think at least for me, I hope will be helpful because it'll allow me to be more resourceful and more resilient and like take care of myself better. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think like I'm, I'm hoping just trying to think of like any of the positives that can come out of this. Otherwise I would like lose my mind, Yeah. you know, um, hoping that people emerge from this with a better idea of what it takes to take care of themselves and what they need as individuals, but also what it takes to take care of each other. Mm. And I don't know what that will look like necessarily, but I mean, a girl's got a dream. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. 
I don't know that I trust like this country as a whole to learn from past mistakes because we've proved time and time again that we don't. But well, this country maybe... and humanity in general. Yeah, yeah. True. Based on our episode with Lane. Yeah. Maybe this time, <laughs> oh. nothing will change. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Good job, everyone. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Dana's patting herself on the back. <laughs> Action item for this week? Put your phone away while you watch things. Or, and I, yes, we'll also offer, um, my family and I do this every week, I do this with friends sometimes, but like pressing play on something at the same time and like chatting through that is a way to have, you know, like it does involve having your phone open, but if you only use it for that, I have been really enjoying, like kind of having the communal watching experience in, in a different fun way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess just think about your relationship with your phone and, and, you know. Versus human connection. Yeah, versus human connection, yeah. A phone is not a substitute for a person, but it is a way for you to reach more people if you want to. Yeah! Yeah. That part. Should we add a little tag about how people should rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast? Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe (laughs) it's just me asking that question. Let us know what you think. Um, your reviews will help us get more visibility, and we want to be able to keep doing this and and spreading. Nope, this is terrible. Cut it. Somebody else do it. <laughs> I love it. I'm keeping all of this nonsense in. This is us. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> love us. Sure. Tell love us, us how much I, how much you love us, and tell other people. You know, we we were talking about earlier that you, some people had reached out and let us know that they were enjoying the podcast, and it is beyond helpful for us to hear that people are actually getting value out of it, because, you know, it's just the four of us in our little vacuum being like, hope this helps. <laughs> and I will say, um, this has been such an incredible way of communicating and connecting in all of this. And it, ha- yeah. it has been a lifesaver. So I hope that it has been a lifesaver for other people as well. In the midst of not being able to communicate as freely um, as we are right now. Mm. All right, everybody. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in. We are We the People, where we like to keep it fresh, funky, and always unfiltered. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate and review. Till next time. Bam, bam, bam. you were laughing sorry i didn't know you're choking i wouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, my loneliness my it's away. fine you can laugh oh no Tina, you took my breath away dana you i can't call you if i'm dying because you will laugh at me on the phone <laughs> no 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 i <laughs> also, wouldn't sister, i would never I call wouldn't. you when i was dying just so you know like i never put that pressure on you uh, you can thing. you can